43 minutes. Woo! Uh, 42. How's it going, A? Uh, it's going all right. Excellent. Mm -hmm. What's new today in the world of uh, episode 78 of It's Just Called Two Brothers? Oh, doing it right up front. It's been so long since that happened. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's very warm up here. I don't know what the temperature is where you are, but yeah. um, man, yeah. it's uh, practically blazing. We had a, a special day yesterday at school. The principal said, if it, uh, you know, special. <laughs> we, uh, the principal had said the, when it hits 90 degrees, uh, everybody's going to go out and have a popsicle party, um, okay. which, which is a, uh, the first day that it hits 90 degrees. So uh -huh. she was going to at the, at the, you know, like the last, um, I don't know, 15 minutes of school of the school day. Hmm. Yeah. So they did. <laughs> it was, no, it already it, hit 90. It, you're saying 90, 90 degrees yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm uh, that's up there. very surprised. Mm -hmm. It's a little early. Well, people are saying, uh, Variously, well, this is the sign of a, a long summer. And then on the other hand, people are also saying, well, this is the sign that uh, we're going to get a lot of rain in June. <laughs> so, hmm. so it's Can it be both things, maybe. It's everything. Mm -hmm. It's all things. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be June gloom. I'm sure the mm -hmm. you know the the typical West Coast pattern beholds, and you'll get you know blah blah blah. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I couldn't articulate there. But um, insert correct weather pattern here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it does, uh, it's it's similarly to how everybody talked about the weather in LA, and they would they would say like, "Wow, we you know this is so hot," and we're like, "It always is hot in January <laughs> in LA every year, and mm -hmm. it's always hot in October, and it's all it's just endless." Yeah, so so if they didn't do that repeatedly there would be uh, far less small talk. Mm -hmm. Insert clip of Data and uh, Captain Picard talking about small talk. I understand that Arcaria has some very interesting weather patterns. Mr. Data, are you all right? Yes, sir. I am attempting to fill a silent moment with non-relevant conversation. Small talk? Yes, sir. I have found that humans often use small talk during awkward moments. Therefore, I have written a new subroutine for that purpose. How did I do? Perhaps it was a little too non-relevant. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but but I, and, and I like I agree that it's a necessary part of human society. I'm not against it. I I, I like interacting with people in that way. I, mm -hmm. I don't have to sit in silence, and if I do, it's fine. But I'm yep. I'm just as happy to talk to someone about the weather. Like that, that's I don't know. Atmospheric science is interesting. Sure, but if you're going to tell me bullshit, like it's like. It's so hot in January. Yeah, like last year. <laughs> January 8th. We hit 90 over here. I don't know why my memory is different. You're gaslighting me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that it, your, your memory is different per se. I All think right. it's forced small talk. I was a little I disappointed to see how many uh, plus 90 days it gets in summer in Portland. A little yeah. disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But 
Um, I also don't have to have sub-zero days, so if that's a trade-off and as much rain as we get here, I'm, I don't know, I'm all right. Yeah, still a beauty. And as the, uh, as the seas rise and the migration <laughs> uh, masses, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll just keep moving north until yeah, just keep... and squeezed up against the border and or uh, allowed citizenship to Canada. <laughs> yeah, straight up to the Yukon, baby. Move it up the hill. I could get to it. I guess Alaska is a choice. You could just go up to Alaska. You either go uh, for, uh, up in latitude or mm-hmm. up in altitude. I right? so. so. Oh, that's true. I do like the precipitation, though. I have to find some place that has has the rain. So it's not just... I don't want just cold and dry. That's uh, literally hell. (laughs) Literally (laughs) the ninth circle of hell. Oh, okay. Uh, So, yeah. It gets so hot that it turns cold again. It goes full circle. (laughs) Like the spectrum. (laughs) It's just just a wheel. (laughs) Wheel of temperature. Anyway. Yeah. Let's get moving. Let's get the show on the road. Well, I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. or talk to you about text etiquette okay. or text etiquette. No, uh, no, right. not text. I refuse. <laughs> You're hereby no banned from ever using that. neologism again. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Oh, well, let's go on a side topic here. What's the difference between a neologism and a portmanteau, or are they the same? A portmanteau uh, is French. Is a <laughs> is a mashup of two different words. A, yeah. a neologism it can be anything. Um, that that has contextual meaning, so you can craft an entirely new word, like blorgophon, mm-hmm. and give it a definition. That's a neologism. Okay, so the neo being new, sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure, sure. New word or new phrase. Okay, so mine was a portmanteau is yeah, specific. Portmanteau. It's it mm-hmm. it can be a portmanteau, but it it's uh, specifically, you know, two words mashed together. Yeah. So right, portmanteau. Text again, and that will be the last mm-hmm. I uh, ever utter that word. Yeah. Or fake it word. Is, it is a portmanteau, but uh, also could be neologized. Hey, it's a win-win. What about it? What about the etiquette of texting? I lost my train of thought, <laughs> um, <laughs> as is my way. Mm-hmm. So you sent me a text um, okay. two days ago, right. and I, I meant to answer it, mm-hmm. and then I didn't. Oh. Um, and, you know, it's like it's easy to uh, sort of skip over and put off emails or further back handwritten uh, letters or things like uh, this nature, things of this nature. So in today's world, you pretty much know that the person has received your text. Right. <laughs> and so if you're, I mean, you, you asked me a question and it was relatively rhetorical, but still it deserved a response. Okay. <laughs> it's in the way of the day and a half to, mm-hmm. uh, to give you some sort of response. Oh, okay, but so, I am, yeah. but I'm also um, not new to the texting game. <laughs> so, um, as a as a person who's well aware of uh, the anxiety that modern society in the first world creates, it doesn't bother me too much that people don't answer me right away. I either figure they just got busy. I usually just figure they got busy, and then mm-hmm. other things came up. And it's, um, I don't know how many people text you, you know, it could be 10, 10 slots in the feed <laughs> before you get to me and it's mm-hmm. already not urgent anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, personally, I'm very forgiving. There are people who get upset, but usually it's, um, people who text significant others, you know, some, some question if they don't get a response in a reasonable amount of time, I understand getting upset that way. Especially if you see them involved in some other social media, 
It's like, what the, what the hell? Yeah. You posted on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and you didn't answer my message for like three hours. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. They say, okay, uh, well, I'm signing off. I got to go to bed. And then you see that they're, they're logged into Facebook or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and posting yeah, or, or Reddit. Mm -hmm. or so. <laughs> yeah. So that I get. Yeah. Oh, hey. But if you, no, I always assume you just got busy. And uh, if it is important, I follow up sooner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't let it go if it's important. Yeah, yeah. I get, um, like, okay, Megan will send me a text. And then um, a little bit later, hello? You know, like yeah. if, it's, uh, if it's a question, like if she's at the store, do we need milk or something? And then, you know, that's a, that, as you say, something that needs a more urgent reply. Right. Not urgent, but a more, a quicker reply. Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's different. Like you were like, and I'm, I am very reluctant now to do voice calls. I'm <laughs> totally happy to do everything on text, uh, instant message or email. Yeah. Um, because if it's that important, if it's very urgent, sometimes there is no way around uh, doing a phone call because you can, you can take care of, you know, uh, Subtle things, subtle communicative things very quickly. Whereas in text, mm -hmm. it can take time to work out, you know, what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you can, so that's fine. Um, or if, it, and if it's deeper than that, then I say meet face to face, if at all possible. Mm -hmm. All right. I was just curious. Uh, I wasn't really curious, but I was just uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you wanted to know interested how, in what I thought about the that. etiquette of the, and such. In general. You sure. know, I mean, I, I know you're, uh, you're in my interaction. Right. Is different than I'm, just random people. No, I'm very forgiving of yeah. uh, those kinds of. <laughs> I don't. I do not um, hold it against people who do not text me back immediately. Life is mm -hmm, hard mm -hmm. and demanding, so yeah. My my well, my petty problems don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. <laughs> indeed, and speaking of which, <laughs> that brings me right into my music share okay. <laughs> of the Rolling Stones' "Mother's Little Helper." Uh -huh. <laughs> so. Holy crap! From 1966, I was right. really uh, quite surprised. Yeah. Um, Why? When I when I heard it. Why? Um, because it's uh, you know it's about uh, doing drugs, man. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean but <laughs> more specifically, mm -hmm. probably Valium. Yeah. And I mean, it's about it's about uh, sort of polite society's version of drugs. It's a little more real than I would have expected from mm. the time. I, it, most mm. of the songs from that era, even if they were. Even if they were about uh, yeah. the subject, beat around the bush a little, use some euphemisms and so forth. <laughs> right. Which Mother's Little Helper certainly is, but not a little. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's it's on the money. Uh huh. Yeah, it is. I tell you what, I was impressed. <laughs> yep. And and surprised, as I say. Well, in the in the time, it was just not publicized. Common. I guess it was an open secret, right? Maybe. But, but so common. For people to be prescribed, just diazepam, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very. It was like an open secret that people were wildly overprescribed uh, Valium mm -hmm. for various things, and it and it made uh, a lot of housewives into proto zombies. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's just that was a, a cultural phenomenon, and they weren't, you know, blind to those things at the time. Yeah. At least they weren't, you know, <laughs> rich isolated rock stars. Yeah. <laughs> Mother's Little Helper by the Rolling Stones, like mm -hmm. this. What a drag it is getting old. Kids are different today. I hear every mother's 
something today to calm her down. And though she's not really ill, there's a little yellow pill. She goes running for the shelter of her mother's little helper, and it helps her on her way, gets her through her busy day. Things are different today. I hear every mother say, cooking fresh food for her husband's just a drag. So she buys an instant cake and she buys a frozen steak and goes running for the shelter of her mother's little helper and to help her on her way, get her through her busy day. Doctor, please, some more of these outside the door. She's too far more. What a drag it is getting old. There you go. Yeah. So, um, as I say, uh, not exactly prescient, just hmm. telling it like it is. Correct. Um, a little more than other people were at the time. And people were like, I was reading an interview with Mick Jagger, and he was saying, you know, people were saying, oh, you're such a druggie, you know, <laughs> because of that. And he's like, um, no, <laughs> just, yeah. to tell, just tell it like I see it. I and guess. this is one of the things that I've observed in my life. Yeah. And yeah. also, they, they sort of finger wag at the end. Yeah. You know, we're running for the shelter of your mother's little helper. Like, you're, you're going to die if you right. keep... <laughs> indulging in this stuff that's like yeah, strangely yeah. conservative <laughs> right exactly yeah it's kind of kind of the opposite uh-huh. but of course the said conservatives the aforementioned conservatives were not known for their um, deep understanding or uh, yeah. or deep caring of understanding sure. of those uh, lyrical analyses me not being a, 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 a fan of any kind of the Rolling Stones was, I was surprised when that was on the radio huh. uh, as a legend of rock right and it's not, it's, they, uh, not them, but that song. It's a little, uh, it's a little out there for their typical sort of roots rock bluesy uh, approach most of the mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah. But they they tended to stretch, um, you know, frequently. I don't know how he came up with that riff, but it's really, um, really quite excellent. <laughs> which, which one, uh, Keith Richards or the, the or the other the sort bass of, player? Uh, the eastern sounding yeah yeah he said um i can't remember if he said that he sort of found Mm -hmm. the i mean it's a 12 string so maybe that's it electric Mm. 12 yeah maybe that's why um but anyway yeah there are um there are a couple of other versions of it um one's kind of recent but i uh i was a fan of tesla in my sort of Mm -hmm. post high school days Mm -hmm. um and i had their uh, five Man Acoustical Jam album, and uh, they have this song on that. It's a, basically a hmm. live yeah. acoustic-based album, mostly. Uh-huh. So they, yeah, they have a version of Mother's Little Helper. Wait, Santa's Little Helper? Yeah, Santos El Helper. Helper. Santos El Helper. <laughs> uh, and then Liz Fair did a version uh, for the Desperate Housewives soundtrack. Ah, that makes that sense. Is, that's mm-hmm. uh, really good. A um, little mm-hmm. more straightforward, but yeah, but, uh, not not as good as the original, but but good. If you're mm-hmm. I, again, I think if you're going to cover a classic song, probably don't change it unless you're going to drastically change it, and then you know you are rolling the dice <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it could right. be terrible. So one or the other, either <laughs> you're going to be lauded as a musical hero or raised eyebrows at. Uh-huh. 
But anyway, yeah, that's good. I don't know. You just came across that on the radio? Yeah. Huh, yeah. That's weird. And as I say, it's a, it's on the, uh, considered one of the legends of rock, yeah. apparently. Okay. And I don't know that I I've mean, ever sure. heard it before. You do, wait, what? I, I certainly never noticed it before. Really? I never had heard it before. Sure. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. That was a big hit. Mm. Yeah, again, I was surprised to, to uh, find that out. Interesting. <laughs> as I looked I it up. I would never yeah. have guessed that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's always a perennial on, on rock and roll radio. All right. <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it. That's funky. <laughs> what did you listen to before you started listening to mostly uh, sort of orchestral stuff? Um, I listened to a lot of, uh, let's see. Okay, so like in, in high school and whatnot, if I had stuff to play, uh, you know, my own tapes and whatnot. Right. Boston, certainly. Yeah. Uh, I listened to a lot of stuff over and over rather than seeking out mm-hmm. new stuff. Right. Um, lots so you of, weren't uh, a, a radio sen- person in high, I, I like had in been, and out of high school. Her, huh? Early, early I was, right. but it was more like um, uh, pop forty, pop, some kind top, of pop forty, yeah, top 40, yeah, uh, pop radio, top, that sort of thing. Probably, yeah, yeah, and then a lot of uh, like synthesizer stuff, mm-hmm. you know, um, synergy and right. Uh, and right, but you would have found that and, through uh, band friends, through word of mouth and stuff. That right. wasn't played on mm-hmm. any radio station no, that no. we had access to. No, radio would have been mostly like top forty. Yeah. More than anything. Sure. Um, I can see that being so. planned. Yeah. Once I found um, rock stations, I I sort of never let go. <laughs> I was like, oh, this thing. It's so angry and dangerous. More, please. <laughs> yeah. And then sort of classic rock, but That but went along with more. it, yeah. Because although at the time, you know, they they filled um, the, the sort of playlists with a range of stuff from, uh, you know, the classic era from the 60s. Um, anything post fifties, because there was a at the time golden oldies, quote unquote, was nineteen mm-hmm. fifties. Uh, yeah. So anything post, I don't know, post Link Ray, right? Post sixty two or something. The the British invasion, right? That's mm-hmm. really where they started. Early Beatles yeah. and Stones was you know basically as far back as they would go, and then forward into the AOR seventies. But I imagine the, whatever station I listened to was. Fairly non-controversial, right? So there, there wasn't a lot of like um, I don't know hippie rock or uh, <laughs> or or drug songs or yeah. you know I'm trying to use the the lingo uh-huh. that the the corporates would have used at the time, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a lot of that I don't think right. uh, until I saw um, Full Metal Jacket or something probably. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a long time. So. Yes, I know. Yeah, so. <laughs> Interesting. All right, I never would have guessed. Yep. Okay. Speaking of laughter. <laughs> No, so I was gonna I was gonna ask you oh. uh, about something completely different. All right, uh, and I just put down on the topic silly things that please only me. <laughs> For example, when my uh, when my radio in the car satellite radio uh, says I have a weak signal, it just uh-huh. pops up this little thing that says weak. Yes, <laughs> and then I talk to the radio. You're weak. You are weak. You know? What is that from? And uh, uh, I don't know. It's familiar. <laughs> it's it could be something similar to. Um, like maybe Adam Sandler, uh-huh. uh, perhaps. I don't There's, know. It, um, it kind of reminds me of the thing where he's t- in Happy Gilmore, where he's telling the ball to go to his home. You know, don't you yeah. want to go to your home? Oh yeah, you know, that kind of a. Well, there's thing. the the South Park thing where Cartman uses it every once in a while. Hmm. Oh well, just the term week. Yeah, week. like in the when he's yeah. uh, going to the swimming pool. Come on, Eric. We're gonna start now. <laughs> just jump in. I don't wanna. It's not gonna hurt you, hon. Just do it. <laughs> 
go. Now just let the first graders swim by you and then head towards us. Huh? First graders? Ah, oh, weak, weak. Ah, oh, you're such a beggar. Uh, but they say, <laughs> they say super weak also. Yeah. Super weak. Yeah, you're weak. Yeah, no, no, no. The weak, weak as a term is not unusual for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, but in that voice. It... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I picked up a lot of California-isms so. over the years. So mm. I do say... I do say dude, and I say uh, I say weak. Mm -hmm. um, I don't say stoked, but I do <laughs> I do no. like this one dude. Um, a long time ago, when we were in Tucson, uh, somebody called into the radio station and won something, mm -hmm. and they they told them, "Yeah, you're the winner of this, you know, these concert tickets." Says blah blah blah, and he said, "All right, stokage." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, that's a little too Polly Shore for me. <laughs> it was really funny. So anyway, oh, <laughs> but, yeah, we all have those. We all have those yeah. stuff that we stuff that I find funny and nobody else does. Yeah, it's good to share. I think it's a dad. Th I don't remember. I can't think of anything off the top off the top of my head. But it is a. Okay. It's like a sort of a dad phenomenon where you get less, I guess, self-conscious about yeah. indulging your idiosyncrasies. There you go. Okay. I guess if it's a dad-level thing, you delight in inflicting those on others. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, I, but I do – I am less, less self-conscious about it, I'll say, uh -huh. as I get older. Um, yeah. I, try to, <laughs> I try to grab those moments of personal joy wherever I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, well, like I say, th th things that please only me. Mm -hmm. um, it can be in, uh, in company of others, but right. most often it's, it's by myself, and therefore I still do it out loud. <laughs> I think that's a, that is one of the benefits of growing older, for the most part. Yeah. Um, becoming more comfortable with who you are. You know, there's a long period out of adolescence where you don't know who you are, but you're also self-conscious about displaying who you are. Sure. World, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but even but even to yourself, like you don't want to admit somehow that you like the things that you like. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you as you get older, you you care less um, what other people think because you you start to experience <laughs> having less um, fun, I guess, mm -hmm. less mm -hmm. less joy in your life um, by tamping down the the things that bring you pleasure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in in the name of pleasing others, you know, you'll restrict yourself, you know, alone from doing those things. Oh, I can't. I, I, I shouldn't be saying that. Uh, definitely, mom used to say that. You know, every decade was better than the one before for her personhood. Mm -hmm. right? Like as as your body slowly breaks down and starts to cause you problems um, internally, you you still like you gain uh, a whole bunch of stuff. And the, one of the biggest things is that uh, a greater sense of self. A more mm -hmm. more confident understanding of of you as a person inside. Certainly. So I think indulging in that stuff uh, just becomes easier, which is good because you know what, if you didn't have some kind of trade off, what's the point? Ah, and that brings me to my next <laughs> topic. Okay, <laughs> I'm kind of uh, monopolizing these uh, <laughs> right. these topics here, but um, it, it's interesting that you would bring bring that up because I was just listening. Um, let's see, did I listen to it all today? I must have. Uh, listening to LeVar Burton Reed's oh, uh, podcast. Sure. And he's, he's had some really good ones lately. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do enjoy. But uh, the one I listened to today was called, it's a short story by Ken Liu, Mono no Aware. Okay. It looks like Mono no Aware. Right. But it's uh, Japanese. Uh -huh. So Mono no Aware. And um, 
the pathos of things is what yeah 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 there you go okay so okay so also translated as an empathy toward things or a sensitivity to ephemera the um, awareness of impermanence or transience right there you go sic transit gloria mundi (laughs) they don't say that but that's what it is so mono no aware is about this guy that's told in 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 the first person but also he jumps back and forth in timeline Mm -hmm. from when he's a little kid to to the present uh, and by present, they're fleeing imminent destruction of the Earth in this uh, giant space arc. Ah. Okay, to to put it very very simply, simplistically. And so he he goes back. He, the 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 main character is a Japanese guy, and he goes back to sort of his father's lessons, life lessons about what it is to be Japanese in in a lot of a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then just sort of society over self and and things like that. But also in the context overall of as you say like sort of the pathos of what was it uh, the pathos of things of things yeah the way that the things of the world uh end right so when uh, ken lu was talking about that <laughs> and uh saying you know like well, so we have to think what's the point of <laughs> you know all things end mm-hmm. and all of all our lives are just you know very fleeting yeah so what's the point of, of it all one might ask <laughs> In general, right. you know, but then at the same time, I, I go um, and look at my kids, you know, when they're sleeping, and find a, a beautiful moment in that, mm-hmm. you know, that I had a hand in making this other person, and you know, at some point, right. I will end, but they will go on, and you know, right. things of this nature, help him uh, understand so. that it's worth it. That just that seems like begging the question once removed, but sure, I get it. Or it could—it doesn't have to be that uh, you know your pro- that you have progeny. It could be just finding beauty in in a moment or uh-huh. in everyday life. I you see. know, stopping and smelling the cherry blossoms, as it were. Right. Although I don't think those have a scent, but that's a so right. that's a bad analogy. Maybe right? mm-hmm. uh, stopping and, and enjoying the the beauty of the cherry blossoms, mm-hmm. for example. Right. It's a beautiful story. It really is. Um, it's got some science fiction in there. It's interesting, but mm-hmm. uh, boy, hit me in the feels. I'll tell you what. Nice. Good yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And um, if you happen to, to, to read it, I'm sure it's good. I, it, it made me want to go out and get the um, the book of short stories that Ken Liu wrote called uh, Paper Menagerie. Okay, there you go. Uh, and other short stories. Just a plug. All right. So, yeah. So I put it on my uh, my wish list there, mm-hmm. or my shopping list, rather. But this one is uh, was pretty cool. I, I, Sweet. Good find. But LeVar Burton read it beautifully, too. I must say he did a, he did a great sure. job of storytelling, or, um, or rather telling the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good reader. Mm-hmm. As you might expect. He does have a, a fair amount of experience. <laughs> yeah. A, a virtual spectrum, you might say, of experience. Ah, ah. Uh, <laughs> um, before, we, before we duck out, I, I wanted to uh, do a music share myself. Well, speaking of, speaking of spectrums, I mean, mm-hmm. we are nailing this, uh, <laughs> these segues. There is a pseudo band, if you like, called Proto Planets. Uh, Protoplanets is the the pseudonym of a friend of mine named Tyler Rogers, who um, we used to work together. Full disclosure, um, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be plugging anyone's. There, there were a lot. Of, I work with a lot of musicians. I wouldn't plug their music if I didn't listen to it. And he's one of my he's one of my favorites, honestly. So mm-hmm. um, he's started doing this electronic stuff. Um, yeah. Because he's, his normal thing is he's a, he's a guitar player oh. and he does uh, uh, sort of the math rock uh, genre in his, um, I don't know if it's a previous incarnation, his other incarnation, if you like, uh, he has a band called Arms That Work. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, I recall a uh, previous music share. Okay, did I, do, did I do Arms That Work? Yeah. Um, well, this is, yeah, this is very different. And he's been exploring uh, Vaporwave 
and it's kind of a combination of things with that chip tune and other mm-hmm. other stuff. So this is like a it's like an EP. Um, I think he called it a seven inch, but it's a digital form. Mm-hmm. So Vaporwave is uh, sort of concerned with uh, a retro aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's a little video gamey. A little, a little of that, and a little, um, but but old school, you know. Yeah, but not not eight bit, but but in uh, tune. maybe Game Boy sort of influenced some of it, mm. and uh, and or sort of early synth things like uh, the, mm-hmm. the the flip side of this track is uh, heavily, you know, a sort of Oberheim sound, mm-hmm. a really uh, a really thick uh, hissy sort of yeah. synth thing. Um, yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I really, I really like everything he does, and uh, here's what that sounds like. That one's yeah. very bouncy and upbeat. It's called Purple, and then uh, there's a track called Lavender that goes with it. Um, <laughs> that's 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 a little more washy. Yeah. Highly recommended. <laughs> Proto Planets. Yeah, it was fun. I, I like listen to it. It was um, mm-hmm. as we were talking earlier. It brings me back to my uh, sort of 
synth roots of listening to some tunes. I was trying to remember who I listened to back then, besides like Tangerine Dream and Larry Fast and, uh-huh. and Synergy. And what's his name? Harold Faltemeyer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, gonna, I'm going to finish eating lunch, and then I'm going to try to figure out my life before I go to bed. Fair enough. Okay. See what well, good luck with all that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mono no aware. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if you want to send us an email about that or... <laughs> I would say life, the universe, and everything, but yeah. that's been done before. Your music shares. Uh, send, us, uh, send us those. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, we'd love to listen to them. Mm-hmm. You can send it to bros at itsjustcalledtwobrothers.com. Right. Uh, if you use Twitter, uh, you can tweet at us at IJC2B. Mm-hmm. And you blog every day at MarcusHarwell.com. I do. And um, what was the thing I was just uh, seeing on there? It was, um, let's see, two pictures ago, it looked like <laughs> maybe kind of a, a tarantula <laughs> almost okay. uh, yeah. on there, but not a scary one. Um, and then... And then the other one was like, uh, uh, it reminded me of that that drummer on Toot Whistle Plunk Boom, where it's just, he's like a stationary head and body and mm-hmm. then a whole bunch of arms flailing. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> drummer. Is that the most recent yeah. one or that, that was one uh, ago? Um, I think it was one or two pictures ago. Right. Well, that Oops, was, three, uh, I was sort of in, in a rabbit hole of drummer videos. Ah. I think I said on Instagram for that one. Mm-hmm. It just It just came to me that way. So it was mm-hmm. supposed to be a, a tangle of limbs and sticks yeah. and drums. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I got it. <laughs> supposed to be. Yeah. Supposed to be. And is. Yeah. Therefore. Uh-uh. So... <laughs> <laughs>